this entire summer, when people ask me what I've been doing, I say untangling like the rest of my identity that was wrapped up in success that I didn't know was still there. Good afternoon, everyone. Michael Conrad here with the Business of Homes podcast. Uh, once again, I am very fortunate to be able to share more stories about amazing realtors here in Middle Tennessee who are shaping how business is done. And so we're peeking behind the scenes. We're looking at the business of homes and kind of what makes real estate run um, at the end of the day. And so today we have Madison White, who I have known for a number of years, and we've got a chance to work together off and on during that time. And she has just an incredible, uh, very buoyant personality, but also is great at her job and never lets details fall through the cracks. And today I'm hoping we can dig a little bit more into her journey at Parks and what you've learned along the way and where you've been and where you've lived and all the good stuff. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I love about this podcast and about real estate in general is there's no like natural job that you become a realtor after you do that job. It Realtors come from all sorts of places, from bartenders to lawyers to ballerinas. I mean, who knows? And so where did you come from that led you here? Oh, um, I have a unique, I would say, experience in that department. I'm 32 now. Got my license when I was 23. Whoa. So, um, you know, you graduate college when you're 21, 22. So not much life had happened in between graduating college and real estate. Um, I had one job before this and it was marketing for an organic tea company. Cool. <laughs> like very obscure out of Louisville, Kentucky. And, um, I worked there for maybe eight months and moved back here was, was, um, remotely working at the time and then, um, quit that job and got into real estate. So I love it. Nothing I mean, before. It's such a natural place to go, right? Organic tea yes. to real estate. I mean, I was <laughs> amazing. offering out tea samples <laughs> at, um, Whole Foods and I thought this is great. I should change to houses. <laughs> yeah, it was natural. Um, but you did get interested by some way or form. What was it yeah. that got you kind of piqued your curiosity? Oh man. Um, I feel like all parts of my life during that period of time are just pretty silly, but it's because I've expressed before, I'm like a pretty silly person. I wasn't, not that I don't take myself serious. I guess I, that's it. I don't take myself very seriously. So <laughs> it's not that I don't. Oh, wait, no, I actually don't. That's take it. Actually, seriously. that's what it is. Um, I was living. So when I first moved to Nashville, I was, um, I found a house on Craigslist that had five other roommates in Cleveland Park. Um, and I moved in and then I met my landlord maybe three days later. He also owned the house, lived with us, was my roommate. Oh, funny. He just like hadn't shown up for a while. Um, and that was how I was living my 20s, which I think everybody should do. It was very fun. But he um, had referred a bunch of business to his realtor. And she said, I'd love to give you referrals for all of this. She also was not someone who was really in real estate for the money. So it felt unfair to her to make all this money off of the referrals he was sending. Oh. So I know. So he was like, I guess I'm going to get my license if you want to go to class with me. And he was in his 
I want to say he was in his thirties at the time. Musician. I lived with a bunch of musician types, just true, like East Nashville at yeah. that time. And we thought it was hysterical. Like the, the idea of us being realtors, we thought was the funniest thing we could imagine. Yeah. Because like a realtor is like an old stuffy person. Oh my right? gosh. Yeah. I'm going to get in my convertible <laughs> and with my blazers. My Sebring. Yes. Um, so I, I, that was really it. I thought I would be kind of interested in it and I had no idea what to do with my life. I was, um, let's say I'm like a recovering overachiever. That's why I try not to take myself too seriously now. Um, but at the time I was having like a quarter life crisis. I thought at 23, I thought I was already supposed to know what I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be successful, whatever. Um, and so I just did it cause someone, it was something someone suggested. And then after I got into it, I realized I had all of these deep connections to houses. Um, my dad was uh, like a hobbyist architect my whole life. Hmm. So he is self-made in everything he does. And one of his interests um, happened to be architecture. He couldn't afford to take all the classes and everything that was required. So he took only what you needed to actually be able to do it and then did it for his friends in the community growing up. So I was always in construction zones because we were just bopping over to so-and-so's house and he was redoing the kitchen or going to the church and he was redoing the uh, fellowship hall or something. So it was way more a part of my life than I even knew until I went to classes. But that's the long story. Yeah, I, I think that at the end of the day, that's the sneaky, interesting part about mm -hmm. real estate is that it puts off a funny vibe of this sort of officialness. Yeah. But it has a really simple beginning. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it's actually simple after you get in it, but for a lot of folks, I'm sure it starts very simple. It did with me. There's a love of people, a love of houses, mm -hmm. a love of connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. You know, there's sort of a- Problem solving. And yeah. Doing. Conveying a person from one place to another sort of feels essentially human. And so- yeah, I, I think that that simplicity draws a lot of people in. I'm sure that's why it draws a lot of people in. Right. And so what is revealed along the way then, the complexity of it, it has to also be interesting. We also have to enjoy it, whether mm -hmm. we take ourselves serious or not, because you're going to get to that one day where, yeah, the, those other factors don't quite measure up as much anymore. There's mm -hmm. just too much other things they're difficult or going on or too busy or whatever. And so what was one of those things that happened to you where you're like, oh, this is like a real business. And I have to kind of be a little more serious, <laughs> you know, about I, it. I like it was a novel idea idea. It was funny to imagine. And then I realized I liked it. And when I realized I liked it, I want to be really good at it. So the the thing that maybe take it more seriously. I mean, I was serious. From the beginning, I had a huge fear of not being successful or failing in general. So I was not going to let that happen. So once I realized I liked it, that's why I had to take it a lot more seriously. Got more serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick. Yeah, it was terrifying. Yeah, the whole thing was very silly and terrifying. I think you're tapping into something really interesting here that a lot of times in business, especially in a modern age of Instagram, we're trying to polish ourselves up so much. Mm -hmm. I certainly can be accused of that, of trying to create this perfect product, perfect service, perfect brand that the world is 
supposed to be attracted to because of its perfection. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've kind of gone past the point now in history where we know it's fake. And so for someone to be so open and wild and weird and deep and silly mm-hmm. all at the same time, that complexity is so effectively human that I'm sure it is very attractive. And it's a good reminder for all of us that there is good in presenting who we really are, because there's a lot of people that probably want to connect to that with who they really are. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really smart of you because things today, in today's day and age, in 2023, are very dark and intense. Right. And right. to bring a little levity is so, so important. And, you know, depending on someone's life, they may not have a, a ton of opportunity for that. Right. Yeah. I g- yeah, I don't even think about, I guess, how heavy other people's lives can be because I'm trying so hard mm. to just uh, relish in all the light. But I hope that people feel that way, that interacting with me makes them feel light and human and not like everything is so serious, even if only because it is so serious and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Absurdist. Yes. There's an irony though, because uh, we've all heard that like the realtor plays so many different roles, wears so many hats, including classically therapist, right? Yeah. We're, we're always kind of playing therapist to the, to the buyers or That's the sellers. That's my favorite one. Right. But mm-hmm. in that, it requires a level of authentic- authenticity mm-hmm. that's so essential. And yet we're still the Instagram polished generation that's trying desperately to make all of our reels look perfect. And so again, I got to tip my hat to you. You're very smartly fulfilling a very classic role of therapist, probably mm-hmm. to your realtors or not to realtors, but to your buyers, but doing it in a way where you're offering an olive branch, you know, a, a handout, you know, where you say, Hey, if you want to talk about the serious stuff, I got you. I got serious oh, stuff to talk about. Yeah. But if you want to talk about the silly stuff, we can go there too. Our, um, I want to say our, I have a partner, Courtney, who I work with. Yeah. Um, our presentation, like our buyer presentation, we had designed to look like a game board, like as if you're playing like life. Or Jumanji. Yeah. Like you, (laughs) even my boyfriend, I just played life like two nights ago. But when you (laughs) play life, you choose like go to college or like get a job immediately. Like we even do like the different paths. Oh, of this is slick. Get a get a loan. Oh, this is a million cash. dollar idea it's right so now. Fun. This is great. And so the like immediately our buyer presentation, it's a fun, colorful game board that we can actually like move the pieces on. And I'm gonna start the whole presentation with just so you know, this is my history of why I got into real estate, but more importantly, my, my history with mental illness and what you can expect from me based on the years I've spent in therapy in treatment for eating disorders and what I think is appropriate to talk about. So you feel like you can be as vulnerable as you need to be, to be and to end this process feeling happy and like proud of yourself and accomplished. It's going to cause you to have the like widest range of emotions and Mm. it'll tap into your deep wounds and whatever there's just no way for it not to. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars for people mm-hmm. um, and where they call home. So I think those are the two of the most vulnerable things that you could be talking about. So I just start every presentation, I guess, every 
interaction with both those things. Like the game. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the game board. And also I'm going to real serious for five minutes. Talk about, you know, like who I am as a person in my life. Well, there's so much fear. There's so Mm -hmm. much fear baked into a real estate transaction. I mean, it can really start to touch some of the depths of the soul that is uncomfortable to talk about. Like, Mm -hmm. where do I feel at home? Where do I feel comfortable? My place? Am I going to be financially able to accomplish this goal? That, of course, plays into a level of ego for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Am I being successful in my job or whatever? Mm -hmm. And so... um, Am, am I and my significant other or my family, are we on the same page about mm-hmm. what our goals are? What does this it, have implication for the neighborhood it, we are leaving or so we're going to live in? Even, I mean, just the process of making this kind of decision with your significant other will bring up so many of the pain points in your relationship mm, yeah. and the pain points in your own life. Um, I mean, your relationship with home goes back to your childhood. So often, the reason it's important to me to be able to talk about all of these things with people and just know that if they want to talk about it, they're more than welcome to. And it's an inviting environment for that is because it's going to help me represent them better through the negotiation process, through um, after the home inspection back. Like the things that people are afraid of on home inspection reports are often sourced back to things that have absolutely nothing to do with what's going on there. So. I just try to get to know people as deeply as I can, or at least let them know that that is open and I can be much better representation for them just in far, as far as just telling them how they should handle a situation mm. because I can source back. Is this anxiety real? Is this anxiety more based in something totally different? What do you need to feel comfortable? I don't know. It's just so relevant. I don't know how you untangle the two. Yeah, that's really interesting. You're you're sort of pushing an idea about a, almost a psychotherapy focused beginning of the relationship mm-hmm. because you know that it's going to enter into places where either the conversational tools or the knowledge of past experience is going to come to bear. Um, yeah, man, all, if- it's all going to come up. So it's either going to come up in them privately in their house with their partner by themselves Mm. and I'm having to field those emotions without knowing what they are and navigate them and help them make decisions. Or I can ask them to invite me into that so that I have all the information I need to be able to make those decisions with them or at least guide them through them. Yeah. I I mean, has someone written a book about the psychotherapy approach to real estate? Cause that's (laughs) just begging to be written. Holy cow. I don't know. I don't know if other people like it, um, I think that a lot of people don't operate their business like this because it's just not how they operate in the world, period. You, a lot of people, you know, uh, I would say would like to avoid all of that. Say most of the people I work with don't want to have these conversations with people. Mm. They don't want to get to that level with their clients or their work or things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's just what feels the best to me. Mm. It feels more natural to me. Well, I mean, we're back right at fear, mm-hmm. but this time on the side of the professional, I fear that if I spend too much or invest too much, that it's either going to be an overexpenditure or it's not going to work out for me. Or I fear that I can't scale my business if I spend mm-hmm. too much, whatever that phrase means, right. too much, too much time with a person. But yeah, I, I can identify a little bit with that where, you know, it's, 
you want to invest, but you don't want to go too far because you know, in the back of your mind, something else is begging for your time. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really interesting idea. Heck, this whole podcast is about like trying to understand the framework and the business behind how we practice real estate. And yet I hear a really beautiful truth that you're sort of presenting. And that is if you spend almost an overwhelming amount of time on the human connection, on figuring out who they are as people, then a lot of the other things become decisions you can make together mm -hmm. instead of almost trying to pre-make those decisions. That's yeah. interesting. It's it's way easier. For for me, I I can't operate any other way and I don't operate any other way in any of my relationships. Hey everyone, it's Jake, director for the Business of Homes podcast. I hope you have been enjoying today's episode, starting with how Madison entered her career in real estate, how she creates an environment for her clients to feel safe, and how fear plays a role in both the agent's and client's side of the transaction. When we return, Michael and Madison talk about identity, how success can feel like playing with fire, and how important it is to understand how you want to operate within your career and sticking to it. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Business of Homes podcast, where you can interact with us and see some great bite-sized pieces from all of our episodes. For you listeners out there, do you know our entire podcasts are filmed and are on our YouTube channel? Check it out next time you want to see our amazing guests tell their stories. And are you currently watching this episode in video format? Don't forget to follow us on your preferred audio streaming service to take us with you on the go. Lastly, do you have any feedback or want to suggest someone for the show? Email us at thebusinessofhomespodcast at gmail.com. Please enjoy the rest of today's episode with Madison White. Let's get back to it. What is um, a way that you've been bringing this practice to now having a partner? Because she's different than you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you guys may not ever do everything together nor interact with your clients in the same way. So how has that been good, hard, difficult? you know, to have a partner introduced into your sphere and practice of real estate? Um, it's been awesome. Amazing. <laughs> I never thought, so I started real estate on a team and I had, I would say a largely negative experience. I'm grateful for it, but, hmm. uh, have no interest in ever being a team leader or anything like that. I'm not trying to scale or start a huge mega team, nothing, not, none of that. So I didn't think that I was ever going to have a partner just mm. because I, I know my core values are way more important to me than the business. And I don't have often interact with people who have the same core values that I do. Um, and I can't imagine someone wanting to work with somebody who like real estate is their lowest priority in their personal life. Mm. Like it's my relationship, my like my primary relationship, all my other relationships, my well-being, um, my pets, my job, <laughs> like, you know, so well, that's, that's a good order. Oh yeah. I'm happy. Um, but that's not typically the kind of person I would think that is going to be a, a, a great leader for a new agent hmm. who's looking to get as much experience as possible. And, um, most people I feel like want to grow their real estate business in a way that I don't. So mm. I just didn't see that happening for me, but, um, 
I consistently had too much business for like many years. So it made sense. And then I just started having somebody who watched my business when I was out of town. And um, they did that enough times and we liked working together enough <laughs> that we decided to work together. And shockingly, we have so much in common. So she's similar to me as far as um, she wants work to be like maybe the fourth priority in her life or something. She would love to be amazing at it for the exact amount of people it takes to live a happy life. It's been really natural, believe it or not. That's wonderful. I, I, I think you're starting to scratch at something we've touched on this podcast a couple of times, and that is identity. Mm-hmm. Identity. And it's such a classic American trope that identity can be wrapped up in work and in success. Absolutely. And I struggle with this so deeply. Mm-hmm. And I constantly have to be reminding myself that I am not worth something only because I am successful at a day's mm-hmm. tasks or at a career of success or whatever that looks like. And, you know, I, I come back time and time again, that identity is this like very difficult thing that you're constantly grappling with. And you're right, especially in a showy industry mm-hmm. like real estate, especially where there's in, so much money on the line. Yes. And an Instagram era where we're trying everyone to tell everyone mm-hmm. that we're being successful so we can build more, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's difficult to not say your priorities are the right ones, but actually live mm-hmm. that your priorities are the right ones. So it's good to find a partner who's on the same page. As yeah. That. Everything you just talked about is like uh pretty, I, it's a more eloquent way to say the things I say. Like <laughs> when I say I don't take myself too seriously, I mean, I don't want to take myself too seriously, but mm. I mean, I want to live with this kind of priorities in my life. I want to like do that kind of thing. Um, but identity in this industry gets muddy pretty quick. Mm. I think it gets, I mean, I think that that's like the main issue I have with the industry. Um, and I love the industry, <laughs> but, um, it's a wrestle. Yeah. It, it's, it's like playing with fire truly. Mm. Um, I have a pretty unique relationship with work because I had workaholics for parents, um, very successful, wonderful people who I love very much if they listen to this. <laughs> um, um, but especially my mom missed a lot of my life mm. because she was so driven and so successful. And um, I know what it's like to be on the other end of that. I know what it costs and I just never want to be there. So. For me, I have the drive and I just have constantly have to keep it in check. So it can be pretty complex to know what I'm capable of and to choose to have, I'm really hoping for a mediocre life. Like I really am proud of it. I just, I don't want to just grow for the sake of growing. I don't want to have the most business. I don't want to produce more and more every year. I just, the fact that I can control not doing that, I'm really proud of. It's a lot of therapy. That's an incredible, <laughs> very healthy European look at the world. And I, yeah. I love that. Um, I feel very out of touch with American culture in this particular way, yeah. and especially real estate hustle culture. It's that's why I thought I would never meet somebody who would want to work with because 
Um, it's just so rare to feel like that in this particular industry because of everything we talked about and because it's totally commission based. So mm. it could all go away at any time and does all the time. And the, and the, we can't ignore the fact that the competition, the saturation of the market is real. That's what I mean. Yes, like, exactly. You know, the joke, the classic one, you throw a rock in your sphere of influence mm -hmm. and you know, three realtors, every single person does mm -hmm. or more. And so, um, mm -hmm. that can be difficult because of those little voices mm -hmm. in the back of your mind that say, well, if I don't hustle, someone's going to out hustle me. And, and it they is will. true. Yes. And that's tough. It is. It's really complex. This entire summer, when people ask me what I've been doing, I say untangling like the rest of my identity that was wrapped up in success that I didn't know was still there. Hmm. I spent, I feel like the whole summer like, working on that emotionally to be where I am today, where I can say that I genuinely have overall peace. Like this year, I don't, people don't say this, but I'll say it, whatever. Um, I'll, I'm going to make 30% of what I made two years ago. That's insane. Yeah. That's insanely different. And I'm, I'm doing the same amount of things. Um, could I do different things and make up that difference? Absolutely. Could I prioritize work over everything else and prevent that from happening? Definitely. Yeah. But that's what I mean when I'm really proud of what I'm doing by not sacrificing my mental health or my overall well-being or my relationship or my relationship with myself. Mm. Um, because the long whatever theme for me is just I feel like the immediacy of life constantly. I don't ever want to live a day that I would be crushed if that was it. I don't ever, I don't want to have any regrets. And I think for me to be able to produce what I was producing before in this climate, in this particular market, I would have to let go of some of my value system and I'm not going to do it. And I'm still going to feel really good about myself. So I, I don't know. I love that you're sharing this and I'll, I'll share in kind. I mm -hmm. appreciate your confessional attitude. I, I have seen, and I'm sure you have felt, the market is changing constantly, mm -hmm. certainly over time, but there's been a pretty big shift over the last handful of years. Mm -hmm. And it is asking us to operate different, mm -hmm. differently um, as business people. Mm -hmm. And um, I, our company, um, our companies were down 40% year mm -hmm. over year last year. And that was a massive ego hit, mm -hmm. um, after finding relatively up into the right success for, you know, over 10 years to yes. have sort of a crashing down while trying to hold on to the things that are important of family and mm -hmm. time and self and balance and these sorts of things. And of course there is no balance. There's only just, you know, trying to make it through the day, but that has been hard. And, you know, this summer I was on my own little journey trying mm -hmm. to figure out, well, what are the important things? And it's really cool to kind of come out the other side and be like, I think I know what the important things are. And I think I'm kind of being cool with maybe less is more or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's almost, it's like a Zen thing. Where, I feel pretty Zen. Yeah. For someone who's mentally ill, I feel pretty Zen. Well, Zen is this idea that you aren't ignoring whatever problem is in front of you or roadblock or difficulty. Mm -hmm. 
but you're acknowledging and allowing it to sort of pass through you, you know, or pass around you or whatever. And so sometimes the, what the market's asking us to do or perform differently or operate differently because the world's changing around us, you know, is, is too much. And Mm -hmm. for you to know that, I mean, gosh, it's not only good for your mental health, it's probably attractive to a certain group of folks that end up becoming clients. So, I mean, it's probably still good for business. And they're kind of the only clients I like working with anyway. Yeah. That's, I guess what it comes down to is, um, as you can tell, I'm sure from this interview, if you didn't know me already, it's just like my whole self all the time. That's all I got. I don't, I, I can't work with people who I don't relate to, mm. who don't have a similar value system, who want, um, me to operate maybe more as like the classic realtor personality you would think of. That's very corporate or, um, more convertibles, yeah. more convertibles. I don't yeah. have any convertibles. <laughs> Zero convertibles. <laughs> Um, things like that. I'm just not going to be the right fit for so many people. And I could be putting an effort in right now to make myself marketable to those people and come up with the business to bridge this gap. And I know I will be miserable. So I'm just not going to do it. And we're going to ride this wave. Yeah. I, um, have been trying to figure out how do we pursue a lot of business but also get to the place where you are, where you're saying, I think I know myself and how I want to operate. Mm-hmm. And it's, these things are intention. It's a bit of a tug of war. And when you have folks that are on your team or with you, sometimes those can be hard decisions, you know, figuring out, is this push and pull going to put maybe not me at Jeopardy, but maybe someone else at Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, a team is a, is a tricky structure. We have a very different team structure Let's in go. general. Yeah. So I was very, sh- to give you background on, I just keep saying mental illness. I have ADHD, I have anxiety and depression and PMDD, which is a very specific form of depression that mm. happens cyclical every single month. So whenever I ha- somebody wanted to work with me as a, on a team level, I can't be responsible for you because there are periods of time I can't be responsible for anything outside of taking care of myself and I'm just going to be like barely cutting it. Mm. So I can't during that period of time feel the weight of like your livelihood. I just can't do that to myself. So I don't feel any type of way about, um, the team aspect as far as that goes, because it's, we're not set up that way. We're just not, I, she, I mean, yeah, I don't, we don't need to get into really specifics, I guess, because no, these aren't realtors necessarily listening, but yeah. Um, my Courtney is my partner and we will transition into being full blown partners at some point. She had only been in the business for two years or maybe three, but when we first um, started working together, but the goal was for her to be able to have maternity leave, which we able, were able to do last year. And yes. And my goal in the future is to have kids and prioritize them first in the same way I'm now. And we're just going to keep juggling the ball together so we can both stay in balance. We've talked about teams on this podcast, um, in a couple different, uh, sort of forms and shapes. And I think it's a great counter perspective to remind everyone listening here and ourselves that there are hard and difficult and sometimes unfun parts of a team. And that weight that you're talking about, weight of responsibility um, it weighs heavy mm-hmm. and it can, uh, bust up the happy feelings. It can bust up flow and efficiency. Mm-hmm. And so 
knowing kind of what you're interested in, what is best for your sphere of influence or your family or your life or your mental health, it can be really helpful to have that compass bearing first. That's all we have. Right. Before we go into the team. And so I'm hearing more and more about teams that look more like partnerships, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a two, maybe a three, but a level footing where there is a, a push, a pull, a give, a take, a helping. You're going to be out sometimes. I'm going to be out sometimes. We're kind of almost operating as like a super one person yes. rather than two people. And I think that's a really interesting concept going into this next chapter, whatever that is, of real estate, where we've kind of seen a little bit of all of it. We've seen solo mm-hmm. lone wolf operators. We've seen big teams. Mm-hmm. And so this, and it's not a new concept, but these equal footed partnerships where there's like a real get down to the brass tacks. We're sharing every commission. We're sharing mm-hmm. every expense. And we're not really trying to worry too much about, hey, are you producing enough to hit your quota or whatever? I don't even mm-hmm. know. And so it's a really interesting concept because it feels kind of like a best of all the worlds where you get to operate like Isn't a super person. Yeah. Yeah. It um our relationship stemmed from I fell in love and that what happened to me is what happens to every realtor, which is they go on their first vacation with their (laughs) new partner and it does not go well. (laughs) And, um, that happened to me like six months in and it was very clear that my partner was not going to be okay with me working on vacation. And he's right. I shouldn't be working on vacation. So before we took another vacation, I had Courtney debriefed on all of my clients, all of my email access, all of my, you know, like document things, everything. And uh, I've never worked on a vacation since then. Workcation. Yeah. The thing that like popular meme for realtors is um, you're not on a vacation if your whole family isn't mad at you. Yeah. Like (laughs) that you didn't take a vacation. You didn't go. If you bring your um, laptop, you're not really on vacation. Yeah. Well, and that's like the thing is like if you have to because you never know when real estate's going to happen. So we, our whole relationship is just born from that. So um, when she went on maternity leave, I took over all her clients, all her business, everything. She like truly was off. And um, that is the bare minimum, in my opinion, yeah. of how we should be living. So well, even if it's not normal, it's definitely what's right. The 24-7 nature of real estate Mm-mm. does not help anyone, men, anyone's mental health long-term. And it's so an illness. It is crazy. <laughs> and it's own, yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm someone who has experienced that if you try to erect sort of fences and barriers around a personal life, that you are not treated uh, positively for doing that. And so- By certain people. No, there's all sorts of types in the market. That's what I meant. Not everyone would feel that way, but a lot of people. But I think the tide is changing. Whereas, you know, maybe 10 years ago, that was kind of seen as like a funny thing. If you call, you know, a real estate agent and they say, oh, I'm not available after six or whatever, that would be weird 10 years ago. Now Mm -hmm. I'm hearing it more and more where people are putting in office hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Maybe they're working a little bit at home to make sure that things, you know, gets um, yeah. you know, tied up or whatever, but they're putting um, barriers in place to maintain sustainability and mental health and all these sorts right. of things. That's it's, it's not sustainable otherwise. Exactly. Or it is, and your relationships won't be it. It, you can't do both. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think that was the biggest argument for building a team to start with was that, Oh, I, I need the redundancy 
to make sure that if I'm off or unavailable, that there's someone in my larger team mm -hmm. that's supporting. But we know that teams can be complex and are not always financially beneficial for all parties equally. Right. And so again, I'll come back around to this partnership concept, this like even footed, even, um, you know, sharing sort of based partnership can be, sounds to me like a really good thing for a lot of mm -hmm. folks. Yeah. That's where we're going to go. We are not that far off now, but that's, that's the goal for sure. You have to wait till your production is like pretty similar. Yeah, there's nuts and bolts. To be able to do that. Sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I will count myself lucky for however many days or months or years that I'm able to rope Courtney into this. Yeah. Um, it makes my life so much better. Just Thanks, to Courtney, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to have someone else that feels the way I feel about my client. I, I mean, I don't know. When I go out of town, she always gets somebody under contract. And then those people and the things I love about them, the things I care about their story, someone else loves and cares and knows the story too. You know, again, you're right back at identity and this sort of essentially human thing that's in all of us. And it's a desire for connection. That's all. Yeah. And real estate can be a real battle, sword and shield in hand sometimes where it feels like it's a real Mexican standoff where I'm, I'm mixing metaphors. I guess you have a gun in a Mexican standoff. <laughs> I don't know. A sword and shield, something like that, where it feels like you kind of have to go to battle every day. You're either warring with a client that maybe doesn't, uh, you know, listen, or you're maybe warring with an agent across the aisle that's not operating in the way that you think they should operate. Or maybe you're fighting it out for that listing or fighting it out for that buyer, whatever. There's plenty of competition where we feel like we have no one to trust. Mm -hmm. And that deep desire to identify with someone and they can identify with you means my identity is not alone. My identity is mm -hmm. togetherness. And so, we need that and it can be so difficult. It's like, if anybody ever watched the game of Survivor on the TV mm -hmm. where a pair is very powerful because mm -hmm. there's two people watching each other's backs rather than having to keep track of everything Everyone you've done yourself. and said and everyone's on their own. And so it's an essential piece to making sense of your real estate practice and your business is to make sure that your identity is in a good and rooted place mm -hmm. and not just wildly askew, which again, I can totally identify with that sometimes just feels like it's you against the world. Mm -hmm. I don't like that feeling. Oh, I know. It's terrible. It's yeah. hollow and lonely. Mm -hmm. But real estate gives us an opportunity each and every day to connect with new people, which if you're an optimist like me, mm -hmm. is a new friend waiting to happen, <laughs> you know? And you never know when the next partnership or incidental partnership, you know, or just good relationship is going to form. One of the reasons I keep coming back to the table year after year in real estate, despite all the difficulties in being in business, is that there's always new people to interact with and in that new relationships to benefit from. Absolutely. That's the whole, um, the thing that got me. I mean, houses are cool, but I mean, they could just fall over. It just, they're not forever. It's not permanent. It's, um, it's just about people. I always thought that I was going to only be able to be in nonprofits to be happy because mm. I just can't care about things that don't matter. I just, because again, it's like, because of my formative years, I'm very conscious of how brief life can be. And 
um, I can't get behind caring about organic tea. It's just not that important. <laughs> Houses are almost that important. I mean, it's, just, it's like almost that big of a deal, but not really. But people and like making sure they have a place to be home where they can just be, be, I don't just be themselves and feel yeah. hope, feel comfort, start their new families, bring their parents to. There's so much happening that really feels like it matters. Yeah, that is, I mean, to bring it full circle, that's what this is about. Mm -hmm. This is, yeah, it's the business of homes podcast, but it's the people in the business of homes podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Madison, thank you so much. This has been lovely. And thanks for going deep. I think it's where we all need to spend a little bit more time and it's uncomfortable and it's difficult. And thanks for going there with me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the business of homes podcast. Um, I hope that you will smash that subscribe button so you can continue to listen to these great stories that we're bringing you um, twice a month. And I hope that you'll check us out on YouTube and all the social media platforms that you're currently subscribed to and let us know. Do you know someone who wants to be on the podcast? Do you want to come on the podcast? We'd love to hear from you. Till next time. Hey everyone, Jake again, director for the Business of Homes podcast. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. A huge thank you to Madison White for being a part of the podcast. Go follow her on Instagram at Homes by Madison and let her know how much you enjoyed her story. Don't forget to subscribe on your preferred listening platform and make sure to follow us on Instagram as well at The Business of Homes Pod. Do you have any feedback or want to suggest someone for the show? Email us at thebusinessofhomespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and we'll see you soon.